I might as well raise mine. Hi, Cam. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How are we doing this morning or afternoon, I guess? <laughs> yeah, it's still morning for some of us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I wanted to ask you after yesterday's practice, what your impressions are the way Chad Ryland kind of bounced back. I mean, he's been very good, very impressive in camp from this perspective, but he had a miss a couple of days ago uh, on his last kick. And then yesterday and put in different situations too, in, in the flow of 11 on 11 drills and so forth, rushing off the sideline. What did you think of his resilience yesterday? Yeah, no, Ch Chad's doing a good job. He's doing everything we're asking. Um, you know, he's showing up, working hard, you know, him and all the guys are, they really are, you know, that that's the biggest thing of that whole specialist group is, you know, every day um you're not going to go perfect every day whether it's him nick bryce Corey, any of those guys they're not going to go perfect every day. it's just continuing to be productive showing that you can improve you know going out there treating each day as its own and not letting previous days affect you you know and those guys honestly as a whole group have been really good um this entire training camp you know putting day after day after day and just improving on the previous day you know and as the best you can you try to mix in as many game-like situations um, as you can throughout practice uh, with, with as many guys as you can. And I think once you get into like getting guys into game atmospheres, getting into the stadiums and that stuff, um, the more you can do that stuff in practice, the more it's, you know, in the game, it's not that big of a deal or anything like that. It's like, oh, they've been in those situations. So you try to implement those as much as you can, you know, when we get those guys where it's not just a field goal period, you know, it's more of a integrate them into a team period. And it may be scripted, not scripted, anything like that, but getting them to more of a game flow. And that's what you're trying to do in that. You know, and the, both all these guys have really done it well um, day to day and taking each day as its own, you know, and that's the biggest thing. You can't let the previous days affect you, whether they're high or they're low. You know, you have to come in with the same approach every day. And that's one thing that we've talked to the entire group about, you know, each day is its own day. Um, you know, and that's the biggest thing for them is have a routine, stick to it, trust the routine, trust, the, you know, the situations, you know, obviously the communication is key and just treat every day as its own day. And quick follow up, you guys will be in the stadium tonight. Uh, what have you, have you, have you been in there often uh, since they've actually enclosed it? And have you discovered anything or how much are you looking forward to this evening uh, to try to gauge how it plays? Uh, I'm really excited for the season. Obviously, uh, we've had a lot of concerts going in there. Um, you know, the soccer team's been doing well, so there hasn't been much opportunity um, for us to actually go in there. Um, this, you know, training camp, you know, and then they were still obviously building. They've still got, I'm sure, some more renovations to finish and complete. So this will really be our first opportunity to get in there to kick, to catch the ball. So we're really excited to get in there, you know, because obviously we don't know what it's going to be until you start putting the ball in the air and then, um, you know, honestly, I hope the conditions are as bad as they can be. That way we can really see what it really can be, you know, um, let it rain, let the wind blow and uh, see what it's going to be because it may or may not be different. So it's something we definitely have to talk about and see how it's going to affect us and how we want to go about the game and call on the games. Thanks, Cal. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. Next question to Kaida Randall. Hey, Cam. Uh, kind of a similar question to what Bob asked, but, you know, what do you look for when evaluating a field goal kicker? Is it as simple as make miss uh, or is there more to it, more like more finer details in addition to, you know, what Bob was talking about with the resilience? Yeah, no, there's a, definitely a little bit more to it than just looking at a percentages on a piece of paper. Um, I would definitely say that uh, Dakota. So, uh, you know, when you look at a guy, 
You have to look at every kick. Um, maybe not so much in college uh, as a PAT because obviously they're so much shorter than a three. But every field goal opportunity, are they being put in long situations? Um, are they kicking in good weather? Are they kicking in altitude? Are they not kicking in altitude? So that stuff factors like their leg strength, not their leg strength. So when you're looking for that, you can't just go off of, well, man, this guy went, you know, 20 of 23 or this guy went, you know, 10 for 10. Then it's like, well, what were those situations? Were there any pressure situations? Um, were there any situations where they had to kick in elements? Because obviously we play in elements here. Were there wind? Was it rain? Were they playing down in, you know, Mississippi where I'm from, where it's just hot and humid and, you know, the ball really flies, you know. So you're looking at all that. Then you get into the mechanical part of it. Like, is it a guy that you can tweak a little bit, you want to coach a little bit, that whether maybe it's his plant foot, maybe it's coming through, finishing, it's his eyes seeing the ball through contact, and he has just a natural swing. There, there's some guys that just naturally strike the ball well, and there's other guys that are very technique-oriented. So that part of it is more of the communication with them and getting their mind made up and talking to them about their kicking IQ, about what are you looking for, um, what's your sight line pre-kick, do you have a sight line, or are you just letting her rip, you know? So each guy is different, and when you're looking for those guys, you want the guys a little bit of everything. Um, you don't want somebody that's just so technical that you're overanalyzing every single kick. Um, you know, it's kind of like golf. If you say you, you, you miss hit one, it's like, well, all right, what did I do wrong? I got to fix this, you know, but you don't want to reinvent your entire swing. Same thing with kicking. You don't want to change everything. So you're looking for a guy that wants to tweak a little stuff here and there, but also a guy that's confident in what he's doing um, and is going out there and just striking the ball very well, and, and he's hitting the ball um, with confidence. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Dakota. Next question, Andrew Callahan. Dan, with all that said, can we get an analysis of your golf game, your golf swing? It was a lot. Uh, well, I, I hit a very hard slice right, so I aim to the left trees. So it goes right in the middle of the fairway, and I shoot about uh, 95 plus consistently. Um, but I, you know, I like to have a little fun more than when I'm golfing than being serious. So, yeah, yeah. Well, consistency is key. That sounds like that sounds like a good. That's, that's um, it. So obviously, the the periods you know you're running, guys covering full length downfield, returning, you know, go go go. The workload seems to be a big factor for those guys, and I was curious just how the work that Moses does. And even Yoan and his staff help inform your decisions about which guys can go, or just how do you incorporate all the tracking numbers? You know that's important to to their jobs that help you. No, no. Mo and Johan and Jim and all those guys—they do a great job communicating. Um, if a guy may have ran a lot more at practice, uh, less at practice, you know, and you just tell them and you kind of communicate like, "Hey, we're, we're going to cover four kickoffs, or we're covering eight kickoffs today," and you're trying to manage those guys and. If there's a guy that maybe need to be managed, not managed, they'll communicate that to us, you know. But it, that speaks volume because we do run. Like, we're, we're going to cover kicks here. We're going to run, um, and we're going to cover them year-round. Like, you can see at practice, we're like, we're, we're running, and we're not, like, kicking the ball from the 35-yard line and letting us just trot down the field. So that all goes back all the way to spring, which is why spring is so important. And really for our strength and distance program, they do a great job. Mo does a great job to get those guys in shape and – I communicate a lot with them, and say, you know, about those guys because they're going to have to run. I mean, if you catch a 60-yard pass and you score, well, you're going to turn around and maybe have to cover a kickoff. Um, we've had guys do that here for years. Um, same thing defensively, right? You know, if for some reason we give up a score, well, you got maybe have to go out there and block them, kick off a turn unit. So our guys are in tremendous shape, and I can't say enough about putting those guys through the process. And that starts back in the spring in the phase one process, the phase two process, 
so those guys, when we do get in the pads, which we just recently did, they're ready to go, you know, and they're able to hold the load of the helmet, the shoulder pads, because that's stuff you can't really simulate because they're not able to wear that stuff. So being able to come up with ways for them to carry that weight at practice, um, is, is, I can't speak enough about how well a job they do. Uh, Bill mentions looking at training camp every year, making small tweaks here or there. Anything new in that department? Because obviously technology changes year after year after year that uh, has maybe helped inform or help you do your job this summer that's a little different for you? Yeah, no, I think uh, as a whole every year is a coach's responsibility to try to improve. Um, if you're not improving, uh, I like to say once, once you start staying the same right here and, and you're not improving, um, then you're doing a disservice for the players. Um, you should always continue to look at stuff to improve on, whether that's technique, whether that's fundamentals, whether that's looking at different team schemes, watching uh, every you know big return on kickoff return or punt return, watching every kickoff cover that was tackled inside maybe the 20-yard line from the season. Or obviously I've done an extensive study on this new fair catch thing uh, of the kicks and fair catching the ball enough. So, so we've just spent a lot of time on that and try, trying to play to the rules and what's going to be an advantage, not an advantage for us. And just you got to do the whole thing. You can't just look at one thing and say, all right, this is the only area we're going to focus on, and the only thing we're going to work on. You have to work on everything, um, and that's the only way to make sure your guys are going out there and putting their best foot forward. You have to put your best foot forward off the field as well. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Andrew. Next question, Taylor Kyles. Hey there, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. I wanted to ask you about two rookies who seem like they may be primed for big roles. Seeing Jordan Healy spend a lot of time with Brendan Schooler and Matt Slater. Also noticed that Amir Speed was working at personal protector, which is a really important role for you guys. Could you speak to what they've been able to do so far and what you're hoping to get out of them? Yeah, no, those two guys, you know, they're, they're trying to put their best foot forward. They're working hard. They're doing everything we ask. Uh, th this group as a whole, um, right now, this team's really, you know, buying in. They're all trying to get on the field. Um, they're trying to work hard. We're trying to move as many guys around as possible. You know, it's like uh, you can't really evaluate, you know, till the pads come on. We just now got in the pads, and we're just now starting to see them move around, strike, and that type of stuff. So we're trying to just get as many situations and move guys around as much as we can. And all these rookies are thrown into positions that they may have not played in college or they haven't any had any exposure to. So. We've got to figure out where this guy fits, um, kind of like putting that puzzle together. And we're in the early, early stages of that. So the more opportunities, again, all these guys are, are doing a good job, you know, and they've got to learn multiple positions because in the kicking game, when one guy goes down, you know, I say it, you know, pretty much every year, when one guy goes down, it's not one guy. Um, it's really four to six guys that are trying to replace that guy in that position. So you got to try to do the chess pieces and move them around as much as possible. And those guys, you know, they're doing a good job as long as those other guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And we'll do final question from Phil Perry. Sam, hey, how's it going? Good, Phil. How are we doing? I'm doing well. You you mentioned um, the new rule, the, the fair catch rule, and I'm curious, um, has that impacted how you guys are preparing already in camp? Or is there anything that uh, you're tinkering with uh, in order to to kind of, you know, just adjust for whatever this new rule is, you know, whether it's, you know, squibbing or, you know, sort of um, alternative styles of kick maybe to to live in this new world. Yeah, um, you know, you, since you asked the question, uh, 
know, I, I think it's a terrible rule. We'll just start with that. You know, um, I, I think it's not um, in favor of the game of football, personally. Um, I mean, it's taking out situational football. Um, now, we're going to play the rules, and we're, we're going to do what's best for the team. I'm going to say that. We're not just going to go out there and say, put the team in a bad situation. Uh, that would just be bad coaching. So we're, we're going to play the rules, and if it helps us to fair catch the rules, we may fair catch it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, when you watch the 562 kickoffs last season that were returned from the goal line to the from the five that were caught in that area they're talking about, you know, and they're wanting everybody to fair catch that now, it's like, well, m there's more balls getting past the 20 and the 25 than you think, you know, and there's also about 40 balls that hit the ground that your offense is going to be starting inside the five-yard line. And, you know, they're talking about this muff rule and where's the ball going to be. Well, this is for, you know, safety or whatever it may be. And, well, these guys still got to go cover. They're still getting blocked at the 45, the 40, the 30-yard line. So there's contact usually right when the ball's being caught. Well, if the ball's on the ground, you still got to cover through. So, um, you know, I know it's for player safety, they say, and all that. We're still got to cover. Um, and they still got to block. Same thing for us. So we're looking at all those. Um, situationally, the plus 50 situation, you know, it's going to be uh, probably a little bit different for teams. We'll see how teams want to handle that because, you know, now it's, you know, you're able to fair catch it, like college. There's a lot of college. You got to do a lot of college study because they've had this rule, but it hasn't stopped people from blocking or returning kicks or anything like that. I mean, you still want the big plays. I mean, this rule is going to have a bigger outcome on games than they think. Um, I mean, you go back to us against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. We tackled them twice inside the 15. You know, they're able to fair catch those balls potentially with their hands team. And now maybe we don't get the ball back in such good field position to go down, score the guy game, go to overtime. Um, so there's many of situations that show up like that. So we're looking at them all to answer your question specifically um, because we have to be prepared, you know, whether that's the kicks that are going to go, the mortar kicks to the six-yard line to the 10-yard line, whether that's the line drive kicks, whether that's the squib kicks. We've got to look at every scenario. Um, then you got to look at what teams you're going to do by team. Um, there's maybe some teams that say we're not returning anything. There may be some teams that says, hey, we're returning anything over the three-yard line. So I think it's going to be a team-by-team -team basis. I think when you really look at it, though, uh, the risk versus reward of dropping the ball inside the five and putting your offense there versus getting tackled on the 21, 22-yard line instead of the 25-yard line, I think that's where teams are going to have to really decide that. And, you know, there's going to be contact on every single kickoff unless the ball's a touchback. If that ball's coming down in the field of play, there's going to be contact on that play. It's not like we're getting rid of contact. I mean – these kickers are kicking the ball at 4-4, four, 4-2 four, four, hang times. Well, you know, these guys, they can run in 30, 40 yards in four, 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 call it 4-2 four, seconds. They're running, right? We're kicking, we're running. We're blocking only 30 yards down the field. There's going to be contact already. So, um, you know, we're, we're just looking at them all. Uh, we're working different things, trying to figure out what we do best, what other teams may be doing. Um, so we're trying to work different things in that just trying to figure out how the game is going to be played. You know, it's very similar to in 18 when the kickoff rules changed and we went from running starts to no running starts. You know, everybody's kind of trying to figure out preseason. What was everybody going to do? Did everybody just kick touchbacks? Um, there was actually more touchbacks in that preseason than normally just because everybody didn't want to show what they were going to do on either side because it was so new to everyone. So there may be some of that throughout the preseason. Um, just play it normal and not show your alternative kicks potentially. Or there may be other teams that want to see how teams are going to adjust or not adjust. So I think as the season goes, we'll see how it's going to, going to play out. Um, and you just got to take it one week at a time, and each opponent is going to be different than the last opponent.
Tim, not to keep you way past your time here, but I, I did want to ask you, is there, um, is, is the muff rule, is it what it's been in college? It, so if you muff a kickoff, um, even in that fair catch sort of scenario, that's, it's, that's where the offense would, would get the ball essentially, or is that like a live ball situation now for you guys? Um, still working on the clarification. So uh, there's still some uh, waiting on the exact clarification. Um, our, the way the rule reads is just, it says if the ball is fair caught, Inside the 25, the ball will go to the 25. Um, so I'm still waiting on the, we're still getting the clarification on if it's going to be exactly the college rule, which is the least favorable spot. I mean, if you muff the ball on the 10, but it rolls back to the two, well, your offense gets the ball in two. It doesn't get the ball in the 10 yard line where you muff it. And then is it going to be the punt part where the ball's live, which as of now, it is live in college, right? So if they muff the ball, um, call it the 15 yard line and it rolls forward. We had a situation like that against Dallas in 19 here in the weather, right? Uh, kick the ball, ball hits the ground, we're going down, we're laying out for it. That's a live football. So your guys still have to go cover because it's a live ball. Um, it's not going to be the fair catch where the ball is just dead like a touchback. So guys are still going to cover, they're still going to block. It says it's going to be the least favorable spot. So if you muff the ball on the 10, it rolls to the five. You offensively, you're going to get the ball on the five. Um, if you signal a fair catch and the ball hits the ground, right? Well, that's a live ball. It's a kick. It's a free kick. So that's a live ball. So you're com covering to get to that ball. And then wherever you signal a fair catch and you grab the ball, that's where you would be getting the ball at. So there's just a little bit of things we're still working through, um, figuring out exactly, I think, talking to the officials on game day and that, that type of stuff, how they're going to officiate it. That's going to be a lot of dialogue with, you know, with them, you know, and, and seeing how they're going to officiate the, the play itself. So I, I think there's still some things we have to work out and, and talk about. Um, as you know, as coaches, how we want to handle this, and you know, and as you know, how we want to play the game. So, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you kick the ball, it's live. You know, you're kicking off, it's live, and until that whistle blows and the ball is completely secure, um, it's a live play. So you got to cover, you got to block on the kickoff return unit, and you got to secure that football. You know, and then once they do security the way, then there may be a little bit of let off at the end. That's interesting. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Bill. very Thanks much, everybody. Ken. Thanks.